The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Careful making wishes in the dark, dark, can't be so Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Dan Garcia. And then, of course, uh, you know our guest, returning guest, Red Bollinger from MLB.com. Red, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on again. So obviously last time we talked, uh, it was just right after the season. I believe Perry just got hired as the Angels GM. Um, and they've actually had a quite a bit of, even though some people don't think so, have had a quite a bit of a uh, off season uh, making moves wise. Um, and so I'm going to throw them up right here. And this is kind of the main um, moves they've made to date. Obviously there's still more time with spring training being a couple weeks away, but uh, the guys I have right there, the main guys, uh, any of them stand out to you in particular that can really help the Angels going forward into 2021? I would think that acquiring Iglesias, a closer from the Reds, and that trade's a big, you know, big move for them. He's been one of the better closers in the majors the last few years. Uh, definitely a step up for them. You know, last year they had, you know, big hopes for also Robles after, you know, his good season before that, but obviously Robles had a tough year um, and obviously now signing with the Twins. So, in the market for a closer, you're able to get him in a trade, and basically it was more of a salary dump type trade too. Didn't have to give up too much. That's kind of a, a big move for them. Um, I think Quintana has been you know pretty underrated throughout his career. Um, you know, last year was hurt didn't pitch much, so we'll kind of see. It's kind of always hard to kind of judge the 2020 stats anyway in the short season, but um, I think those are probably the two biggest ones. Uh, we'll see. Obviously, you know, Jose Iglesias is going to have defense. Chris Suzuki is still a pretty good hitter for a catcher. You know, Cobb. They're hoping he can kind of go from the AL East to the West and get better. You know, Claudio is, a, you know, not a hard thrower, but I think it's the slowest fastball in the majors, but, you know, get the, you know, a lot of weak contact. So, yeah, I mean, these guys definitely could make an impact. They're all, big thing about them is they're all in the last year of their contract too. So um, it gives them flexibility going forward, but also those kind of things are kind of sometimes hit and miss. I've in the past. We've seen Cahill and Harvey, you know, <laughs> you know go, go wrong. So, so we'll see. Yeah, obviously you mentioned Jose Iglesias um, filling in, obviously for um, Andrelton Simmons, who's who's moved on to, to Minnesota, your old uh, stomping grounds a little yeah. bit. Um, you know, obviously Simmons being one of the top defensive uh, shortstops, you know, in history, um, can Jose fill that hole at, at least a little bit, or is he going to kind of be um, just hope you put him in there and he can uh, do a respectable job? I mean, I think Iglesias is definitely a good defender, too. He's not obviously at Anderson's level. You know, Anderson's healthy, and he's still the best probably shortstop defensively right now, even at his age and with the injury concerns he's had. Iglesias, you know, is coming off a big year, even offensively. Like I said, it's hard to really know. I'm just really going to translate over and in a full season. Um, but he's got a lot of experience. You know, um, I, I think the big thing is I think he's probably more likely to have a healthy season than, you know, Anderson at this point. I think Simmons, you know, last few years has had those ankle injuries, 
at first base, you know, hopefully for his own sake, he can stay healthy, but uh, it just hasn't really happened in recent years. So I think if we had to like a bet on a guy to, to have a full season of health, it'd probably be Jose Iglesias. So in that sense, you have a little bit more, you know, you know, more of a, you know, the guy's going to play a little bit, but I, I do think the Anderson's a better player. Um, but I do think that Jose can definitely step in and, and fill in for him for sure. Then obviously, you know, the big thing for the Angels coming into this offseason, uh, a lot of fans, all the fans wanted starting pitching. And obviously, you look at the names up here on 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 the board, um, not a lot of sexy names. You know, like you mentioned, Jose Quintana, um, you know, can he be healthy and really contribute? Alex Cobb is still kind of, you know, hopefully it's a Bundy 2.0 kind of situation, getting him out of Baltimore and getting him away from the New Yorks and stuff like that. Um how, how does this rotation measure up to last year's rotation? Do you think, do you think they got better? Do you think they kind of stayed the same without getting a major arm, like a Bauer, like uh, some of the other guys out there for trade market? Yeah, I guess it's hard to say, you know, I mean, it's probably pretty similar to last year. Same kind of thing. They're hoping that Tehran is going to have a, a, a big year. It didn't happen. You know, you obviously had a tough year with, you know, had COVID not going into the season two and never really, you know, kind of put it together. Maybe it would have done better in a, in a full season, but he's kind of a similar picture to Quintana as a guy that was better a few years ago. Um, that's good career numbers. So I, I think Quintana, I think is at this point is definitely a better bet than Tehran was. I do think he's better than that, but you know, Alex Cobb, same thing. You never know. He's ZRA in Baltimore was above five, you know, obviously like you said, Dylan Buddy 2.0, Bundy did switch over from that league, but Bundy, you know, I, I think was a guy that people kind of thought could break out more and was, you know, was younger, uh, you know, Cobb's already, you know, th- I think what, 33 or so. So he's, yeah. he's been around a little bit, um, but I, I do think he can improve just because I do think it will be better pitching in the AL West. And I think they can make some tweaks here and there. He does have a, a good sinker and then, you know, a good breaking ball. It's just a lot of the metrics last year, though, she still showed he wasn't very good. So, um, it's kind of a wild card for that. And the rest of the rotation is still kind of the same, you know, I, I think at least, you know, this year the Bundy is a team's, you know, top pitcher. And then you got Heaney right behind them and, and Griffin Canning in that probably number three spot with the new guys behind them. And then, you know, and then also you got to worry about the amount of innings though, too, you know, coming right. off the season and all that, you got to have guys fill in there. And so I think obviously in the depth, you'll see you know, Jaime Berea and, and Sandoval and, you know, maybe even Reed Detmers later in the year. So there is some depth there, but they just don't have that frontline guy. Uh, unless you want to count Bundy as that, you know, they don't really have anybody up there that's kind of that kind of ace of the staff. And I think the only one really out there this offseason was tra- Trevor Bauer, but uh, it seems like that obviously didn't happen. And uh, let's like sign with the Mets. Yeah, about to say, we might actually get that update as we as we record this. Um, you mentioned it, Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer was the main target for a lot of teams this year, especially the Angels. Um, and just because of what situa- one situation or another didn't work out. Uh, but to me, it felt a lot different than last year with the Garrett Cole free agency. Like last year, it seemed like it was hot from the beginning and it, and it obviously it didn't last as long. But it seems like the Bauer kind of um, picking up, it kind of fizzled at the end. Not a lot of people seemed to be interested in him afterwards where Cole was like always. Did you feel like a kind of difference with um, the, the people going after Cole compared to going after Bauer this year? Yeah, I think even the Angels in general, you can do that. I mean, I think they really went after Cole hard last year. Um, and they, they also, you know, made pretty good offers and, and tried, you know, for Strasburg and for Wheeler, the top guys. I mean, they really tried for those guys. They just struck out. And so they pivoted and, you know, went with Anthony Rendon and spent their money, you know, elsewhere, you know, and third base, you know, Rendon's still the best third baseman out there. So, you know, it makes sense to get, you know, better where you can. But, you know, the top of that rotation has been a, you know, such a you know, weak link for so long. You want to kind of get somebody in there. And, and this offseason, the only guy that was really in that market was Bauer. 
But, you know, I think there were just, you know, more question marks about him than, than you know, I think it was pretty obvious that, that Cole's an ace and that kind of thing. And even the other two, whereas I think Bauer, you know, is coming off this Cy Young year, but it was a shorter season and he's had some inconsistency in the past. And hasn't really had, you know, that many strong seasons uh, despite his reputation. So I think some teams are a little bit, you know, we're a little bit more weary to kind of make a big offer. And I think the Angels, too, their contract situation was different this offseason. I think if they would have gave Bauer kind of money he was looking for they're going to go you know over to the cbt and they didn't want to do that last year they could make a big offer to garrett cole and they could have stayed under it and been fine this year they really couldn't do that uh, the only way they can really make a big contract offer was to backload it basically because of yeah um you know the way that works but also even that it's the average contract value so it really wouldn't help them anyway so even on, on paper as much as they would have been a match you know just in terms of need i think in terms of financial parts it, it never really made sense anyway um, so I, I think it wasn't a surprise to me that they kind of fell out of that race, but it is tough for the fans, especially, you know, have another ace out there that Angels <laughs> couldn't get. And so maybe it's next year. Right. I think the good news is they do have money coming off the books with, you know, pools after this year and, you know, Upton after that. So from there, they're actually pretty clear to do those kind of big moves, but it's a long waiting game and you're just kind of waiting, you know, and trust not, you know, get any younger. Right. And then two, um, I guess a good thing, and we kind of talked about this before, you look at what the AOS has done as a whole, um, they haven't really done a whole lot. The other teams, you know, um, obviously the A's have lost a lot of guys. Um, Seattle hasn't really done anything at all. You can say the same thing about Houston. Um, how has this team maybe closed that gap a little bit from, you know, obviously being a third-place team last year right behind the Astros to where they are probably now with the moves they've made and the lack of moves um, that other guys have made? Yeah, it's true. The division has not really gotten better. If anything, it's gotten worse as a whole. You know, the A's, you know, losing Marcus Simeon and you know, losing Liam Hendricks is probably the best closer in baseball. You know, there are big losses for them. Those, were, those guys are a huge part of that team. And, you know, same thing with the Astros and George Springer. Um, in that rotation, you know, they've got some younger guys getting up, you know, Framber Valdez and some of those guys look pretty good. But I mean, otherwise, you know, Verlander's hurt and, you know, Granke's obviously getting older now, too. Um, you know, it, it seems like the A's are obviously count on some of those younger arms for sure, too. Um, and the Rangers are still kind of in that rebuilding kind of mode and same with the Mariners. So um, I do like what the Mariners are doing kind of in general and kind of the long term. They do have a lot of good prospects and a lot of young talent, a lot of, you know, fun players in that team but they're not quite ready at that compete level yet. So I, I do think the Angels are kind of right up in that mix with the A's and the Astros, just because those teams took a step back and the Angels took, you know, at least some step forward this offseason. I wouldn't say they've had this huge offseason, but right. they have plugged their holes. They've had, they had made some moves and said, even getting Iglesias uh, from the Reds was, uh, you know, definitely a, a big move for that bullpen. So, and also the Angels, you know, could still obviously still add some relief help too, which I think is definitely something they could definitely use uh, going into the, you know, spring training, which is coming up here in just a few weeks. And that was going to be my next question. Obviously, you mentioned it. It seems like it's pretty obvious they're out on the Bauer thing, and they may have probably been for a, a little while. Um, do you think they now target some more bullpen arms, or do you think they go after like another starter um, with the money they kind of have left over? I know it's not a ton, but um, they still, I think, still have a little bit left over to, to spend before the start of the season. Yeah, I would think more on relief help than, than starting pitching just because I, I do think that, you know, as much as obviously it's good to have as many arms as you can, at some point, you can't just over, you know, unless they want to really hold Griffin Canning back. I just feel like at this point, you know, they're already going to have their five, you know, we talked about earlier with, with Bundy and Heaney and Canning and then, you know, the two new additions. And then, you know, Tani obviously is a six starter too. So I don't know if they want to really add another guy to that mix. I don't know if that really makes sense. 
Um, obviously, it'd be great if it was, you know, a guy that was better than all those guys and was kind of the lead that staff, but obviously that's not going to happen at this point. Um, so I, I do think there are definitely a lot of, you know, uh, relief arms out there they can definitely go after. Um, I think that's probably their, their biggest move would just be kind of getting relief help uh, because so far, you know, Alex Claudio should help as a left-hander um, and Iglesias, but there are some holes in there that, you know, they did DFA and then obviously non-tender a lot of relievers. Yeah. Yeah, that was the biggest thing too. When that off that that uh, tendered contract deadline came, you saw the majority of those guys um, were uh, relief relief arms. Um, so they 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 picked up Kurt Suzuki to be a backup or platoon player probably for the catching position. Has there been any update on Stasi and where he um, sits right now? Is he going to be ready for spring training? Is he going to be ready for opening day? Has there been any new uh, news coming from that position? Yeah, he's supposed to be ready. That's what, you know, Perry's been saying. He's supposed to be ready for spring training and, and ready to go. Um, there have been some reports out there the Angels could go after, you know, uh, you know, make a trade for um, Wilson Contreras with, with the Cubs or even Christian Vasquez with the Red Sox. I don't really see it because I, I still see Stassi being their guy. Uh, you know, same thing coming off a big year. Who knows what, you know, 2020 means, but it did seem like, you know, swing was a lot better and he was healthy and it looked like a different player. Um, so I do think that it's going to be Stassi as, a, as the main guy and, you know, Suzuki backing him up a few times a week. Um, so I don't really see that changing. Um, but Suzuki, you know, definitely has hit over the last few years, even though he is definitely in his late thirties. Um, he's been, you know, he's been a pretty solid hitter and won a world series with Rendon, you know, from the area with Fullerton. But, yeah. um, I, I think that, uh, Stassi will be the main guy though. So now um, catcher position seems to be kind of settled in. You talked about the, the um, Iglesias playing shortstop. Obviously I think that probably means the rest of the infield is obviously set with Fletcher um, playing second, Rendon third, and then probably pool holes wash combination at first. Um, another big thing that people are wondering is a fourth outfielder. Do you think the angels go out there and possibly pick up a guy, not necessarily a, like a minorly contract guy with a spring training invite, but an actual guy to play that fourth or compete for um, some kind of spot out there in the outfield. Yeah. Perry was actually asked that in his press conference uh, earlier this week about if they would actually add another outfielder. Um, he didn't rule it out. It does seem unlikely, um, but he didn't rule it out. I think it's more likely that I'll give Joe Adele a chance to, to compete for that job in right field, you know, have Taylor Ward in that mix as well. Um, if, if they feel like Adele needs more seasoning, then they go with Ward. But then obviously they have to figure out the rest of their outfield and backups too, um, kind of figure out some of that depth. So, yeah, it, it is going to be interesting what they do. But I, I don't – maybe they do sign in minor league for Asian out there, but I, I don't know that I see them spending like, you know, an actual, you know, contract money on – or big money on getting another outfielder. So I do feel like Adele's close and hopefully even could win the job this, this spring. But um, I, I don't see them adding a major league, you know, contract in the outfield. So we've asked the fans to uh, email us questions at allangelspodcast um, at gmail.com. And so we got one here and I'm interested in this question because of the fact um, last year was such a weird year with COVID and you just not being able to be there, but yet it's still Joe Madden's first season as angels um, uh, uh, skipper. But this question is, uh, let me pull it up. He's asked, what's the, uh, what would you say are some of the major managerial difference between Mike social. Obviously you weren't there for social. So I don't know if you can answer that, but Brad Osmus and Joe Madden weaknesses and strengths. Is, was there anything that kind of stood out to you? And again, with Joe, it seems so hard because you got like half a spring training with him uh, and that was pretty much it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think with Sosha, you know, he was there so long and he kind of set a foundation in kind of that angels or halo way of doing things. He definitely had, you know, a lot of uh, background with the Dodgers and seeing what they had done and their success as an organization. And I think Sosha definitely preached a lot of defense and base running and aggressiveness with that. Um, as it kind of, you know, they had a good stretch there in the 2000s, obviously kind of got away from that. Um, Osmus, I guess the big thing I noticed was um, he was more likely to pull his starters early. I don't know how much that was his, you know, philosophy or how much it was dictated by the front office. Um, but uh, he was more likely to kind of pull his starters early in the fifth inning, that kind of thing. Um, whereas Madden was more likely to kind of go with his gut and kind of keep guys in there a little bit longer. Um, Osmus, you know, he, he was more of a kind of a quieter guy. He wasn't like a loud leader. wasn't as boisterous as much of like a storyteller as much so, as much as Socha and Madden. They're kind of more old school. Um, but I do think Osmus did a good job kind of, you know, keep the team together. He had a tough situation with, um, you know, the Tyler Skaggs death. And I thought that he did a good job of kind of keeping the team together during all that, but it was a, you know, just a, a tough season all around. Um, so I only had, you know, the one year, but I, with Madden, I think that it's just more about kind of the likes to bring a lot more fun to the, you know, the ballpark. And even right. as you know, I was there last year, it's a lot of those bringing in games, you know, and Tim Buss, their coach is doing all these fun, you know, is <laughs> music and craziness before their workouts and just, you know, and, you know, motivational speakers and, you know, celebrity type people, you know, Charles Barkley was there last year, just things like that. Just kind of more, more loose, I guess I could say than the two of them. But, um, but yeah, I guess we'll find out more in a full season. Now coming up spring training, um, people are supposed to report like, I think in a week or so, uh, pitchers and catchers, um, What's the latest, you know, obviously the MLB players and MLB owners talked and it looks like uh, the players uh, declined the offer that the MLB owners put out there. What is your, how's it going to be for you covering the team in spring training? Do you know that yet? Or how is that going to work? I don't know fully yet. Um, hold on. Uh, yeah, I don't know fully yet. It's going to be kind of um, up in the air a little bit still depending on how things are going. I know early on when they first come to camp, no reporters are allowed to show up until they are like full squad workouts and everything. So at that point, I think reporters can start to go, but you know, some of the access is going to be so limited. Especially it's going to be, you're going to be in the press box. You really can't go out to the fields or anything like that. So um, there's a chance, you know, I might go later in the spring and especially game start. It's still kind of nice thing about, you know, covering the angels is it, you know, you're able to drive there and not have to worry about, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing and making like, you know, you know, longer arrangements. So I can kind of do it more short term. So, yeah, right now it's kind of more up in the air to kind of see how it goes, especially early on. I, I want to see how, you know, everything goes on with the early workouts and how those are covered. And then, yeah, if it makes sense, I'll definitely go out there. I'd love to see baseball in person again. Yeah. <laughs> the awesome. It's been too long. So, um, yeah, I love it. But it's just kind of a, a matter of when it makes sense. So, you know, one of the things I think a lot of people are, um, I don't want to say freaking out, but I'm sure you see a lot of it in, on your Twitter as far as, you know, we mentioned it earlier, the AL West is kind of weakening itself to a point to where it's kind of maybe falling back towards the Angels. Do you, and I guess this is an opinion because I don't expect you to know the answer, but do you have any ideas why this isn't the time for um, – already to pounce on it now as far as like everyone's getting weaker let's take that extra step i mean i do think part of it is just the fact they don't want to go above that you know cbt threshold of what 210 million whatever it is and have to pay the taxes on it so i think that you know pretty much every team nowadays 
abides by that. And it's just kind of one of those unwritten rules, almost like a, a salary cap that no one really goes above that or has been a little bit more rare. And, and obviously teams can't, you know, other owners are get mad or anything. It's their call. But I just don't, you know, I just didn't see him doing that because I think they know if they just are patient and wait, you know, one more year, they get, you know, Albert off the books and they wait two more years. And then, you know, as I said earlier, they get Upton off the books. And all of a sudden now, outside of, you know, just Trout and Rendon, you have nobody else in the books. And obviously Trout and Rendon are two big contracts. But then other than that, you're totally free. So from there, you can kind of rebuild, you know, build up the team the way you want to, whether you want to go into free agency next year and really spend a bunch and get more pitching then. Uh, compared to this offseason, it's just more of a, I think it's just more of a wait of one year. Um, and then I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure Perry will find out more about it as we kind of learn more about him and see if they can talk to him more. But I'm sure he had a plan that was kind of laid this out to, to you know, to Artie and how it's all going to work. And obviously Artie has a ton of say on exactly how yeah. his spending is going to go and all that. And I, I do think that um, it's probably one of those things where this offseason was probably never going to be the year they were going to go all in on one guy. But I, I, I think that there's certainly a chance – it could be next year and the year after that. And this brings up a good point. So maybe Perry and the scouts have a new way of developing talent. Um, has he talked about any of his ideas as far as um, developing the, the, the prospects in the system and, and the new guys coming in through the draft and anything like that? Not really, but he does have a background, you know, in scouting and that kind of stuff. And he's brought in some guys from other organizations that have, you know, big time backgrounds and um, scouting and development and guys he, you know, is with, with the Blue Jays and other teams that, he, you know, guys he's met along the way. So he's still building out that front office too, which will be key. And sometimes too, the, you know, the new GM will come in and keep guys in their role, like the, you know, the current, you know, scouting staff and their roles and then kind of give them a year to kind of assess them and then see where they're at from there and then really rebuild it. That's kind of remember when I covered the twins and they brought in their new leadership with, uh, you know, um, Derek Falvey and Thad Levine, they kind of like almost did like a one year look over at all the guys. And then from there, kind of reevaluated who they needed to replace and what they kind of wanted to do. Um, we'll find out more from Perry as we go along. We really haven't had that much you know time with him in terms of just like finding out all the deeper stuff. We, more of like, you know, kind of what they're doing now kind of thing. But in terms of philosophies and all that, um, we'll, we'll definitely certainly find out more, uh, you know, as we go along. And that's something too, that kind of interests me because you did spend so much time in Minnesota uh, before coming to Anaheim to cover the angels. And they have been a team where you don't think of the twins as like a big market team because they're not, they have to do it a certain way as far as building a team through prospects and stuff like that. Um, in your opinion, is that the, the smartest way you think the angels can build a, a, a not only a contender for like a year, because you're kind of seeing teams like San Diego go all in for this year. And you're just not sure if that's going to be able to last, you know, three, four, five years. But I think that's the smartest way for the Angels to be a, a consistent, competitive team. Just take your time, build through um, the, through the system, kind of like what the Twins did while you were there. And then obviously now they seem to be competing for AL Central titles almost every year. I mean, that's the way to do it if you can, but the problem is that you, they, they can't, you know, right now. When you have Mike Trout and Randall on that roster, you can't start doing rebuilding. And obviously, you want to try to build up that farm system the best you can. And I do think even Billy tried to do that over the years and got some of those guys, you know, Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh and some of these guys in the system. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it, it's – they try to – I guess Billy always called it rebuilding on the fly. <laughs> when you have Trout on that roster, you're always trying to win too. So you're always trying to add veterans – when you can, and a lot of times, you know, you know, with short-term contracts, uh, we've seen it again, same thing with Perry this offseason. So that's kind of been the thing that hasn't really changed too much. 
Um, you know, and, and outside of the Rendon and, you know, Trout extension, of course, are huge underbelly, but I mean, like the pieces outside of that, they kind of are more the short term pitching deals, those kind of things. Um, and, you know, a lot of those backfire too. So um, it's, it's an interesting concept to be able to kind of build this roster because it's just they have to win and you, you can't really take steps back and, and, and get more draft picks or, you know what I mean, or tank or anything like that. You got to continue to build a better roster. And as you do that, it's harder to, you know, to draft and develop, but you have to be able to do both, you know, and obviously the, you know, the Dodgers, some of these teams in the Rays, you know, obviously they have these crazy farm systems and uh, the angels just aren't really there yet. They do have some intriguing young players um, and in development, development's going to be huge, but so we don't really exactly know exactly what Perry's going to do specifically to, to address that. Um, and we don't even really know exactly how yeah, the draft, if he's going to go college heavy or prep heavy, it seemed like under you know, the last regime, it was a lot of, shortstops and a lot of outfielders and center fielders, a lot of tools, the athletic guys that were on the younger side and, uh, but never really hit really on the pitchers. Um, so it's going to be interesting to figure out how he's going to actually get pitching and develop pitching. Cause that's going to be the key. Um, and we're not really sure yet how Harry's going to do that. And you bring up pitching, young pitching, and that automatically in my head pops up Reed Detmers, the, the first round pick they got last year out of Louisville. Has there been any talk with him or has anyone asked what their plans are with him coming into this year? Do they expect him to, to make some kind of debut at the major league level or is they going to try to hold him down to uh, minor league as much as they can? I think at this point, whenever he's ready, he'll come up, you know, as long as there's a spot for him. And I'm sure there will be at some point in the season, you know, especially with this year, I said with all the, concerns about people's you know innings limits last year and all that um ratings pitch but so yeah i mean i, I think that he'll make his debut this year if everything goes to plan he has to pitch well i mean he'll, he'll start in you know triple a i'm sure maybe even double a and and, and pitch in the minor leagues and kind of get his feet wet there but you know he got experience last year pitching in long beach in the alternate camp and from what they say i mean he's pretty much close to major league ready he's got you know lefty We'll see how the velocity plays, and, and you know, especially every five days, every six days. Um, it held well in college, you know, every week. Um, but if it can, if it can hold, you know, it's got enough velocity for lefty. It's not his best quality, but it's more just he's around the zone a lot. You know, how to pitch. Um, he could be a pretty serviceable lefty in this league. So uh, I think with them, yeah, as soon as he's ready, there's no reason to hold him back. He's not one of those guys you have to worry about service time, or you know, he's not going to get some huge contract at the end of it probably. And if he does, great, good for him. Um, but I, I think he's more of the guy whenever he's ready, just bring him up and put him as part of that rotation. I, I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier with, with the Padres San Diego kind of going, seems like all in with the moves they made this off season. You're seeing a lot of uh, like a couple of teams buying everything and a lot of teams selling everything. Is this going to be one of those seasons where there's going to be the haves and the have nots. And then if the angels just kind of be, it seems like there's going to be in the mm-hmm. middle. Yeah, it does seem like that. It's like the Angels are the one team. It's always kind of in the middle. Otherwise, it does seem like it's definitely a league now where, yeah, if you're better off, you know, they kind of, I don't know if they learn more from the NBA or whatever, but it's almost like it seems like you're better off just being really bad and trying to tank and get those early draft picks and everything else that comes with it than you are to really compete there and, you know, and save your money and then spend that money later, obviously, hopefully. But, um, but yeah, I, I, there's the super teams, you know, the Dodgers and the Yankees. The Astros are part of that, but it doesn't seem like they're they're really part of that anymore. And right now, obviously, the the, the Rays are a very good team as well. But the Padres are absolutely in that mix now. You know, they, they had a great offseason, one of the better ones in recent memory in terms of just adding you know impact talent. But said so you never know. I mean, sometimes you get all these guys and it doesn't work out. But at the same time, they have so much depth. Otherwise, even if some of these moves don't work out, they're, they're still going to be fine because we saw it last year. They were already good and young last year. They're only going to get better. Um, that's going to be fun. You know, at least, at least the Dodgers have some competition for the first time in a while in that division. 
I know there was that one year, I think they tied the Rockies. Um, they beat them in the tiebreaker. But otherwise, I mean, it's really seems like they win that division pretty handily most years, too. So it'll be fun to see, like, a, you know, especially here on the West Coast, we'll be able to watch those two teams a lot and have some fun in the West Coast baseball. Uh, you know, I think a lot of fans wish, you know, what the Padres are now, <laughs> what the Angels could have been around Trout. But, you know, it, it took a lot of things out, too. They, they tore down big time, too, and just did things the Angels really can't do around Trout because they got to continue to try to win with him. Yeah, and that was my biggest thing too. When especially when the trades for Snell and and Darvish and all that stuff were going through, I'm sure you saw it on your Twitter. Um, a lot of fans asking why couldn't the Angels, you know, have done the same thing? And as you, then you start looking at the prospects that were that were moved, and then you kind of look at the Angels' prospects and realize they didn't have a lot to match up with those other te- with the, with San Diego to bring those kind of guys over. Um, but that still leaves the door open for trades in midseason. Um, I'm guessing, you know, and like you mentioned it. Albert's done after the end of this year. His contract's out at the end of this year. Um, I'm guessing, and and I'm sure you probably agree, that they could probably bring in one of these um, tradable arms uh, at the trade deadline and not have to necessarily worry about going over at that time because it's kind of the halfway point of the season. Yeah, definitely. And I think even Perry kind of alluded to that yesterday uh, when we talked to him just about how we said that right now, you know, they're probably not looking to add to the rotation, but it could be added to later this year. Um, you know, and, and said we can't totally rule out they're not going to add starting pitching this offseason or one more guy, but it just seems really unlikely to me. Um, but yeah, I, I would certainly think that at the deadline they would they would consider adding pitching. I mean, if, if they're in it, you know, if they're not in it, you got to do what you got to do. But I, I, if they're trying to continue to get in the playoff push, um, because this year, you know, right now, the way it's going is there's not going to be expanded postseason, so it's going to be a little tougher to get in. But if they want to make that extra push, you know, we always know that pitching's always their biggest need. Yeah, and, and talk about that. How hard is it? Well, I guess for the AL teams, it's not that bad because you have a DH no matter what. But can I, I guess is an opinion. How hard is it, do you think, for these NL teams to kind of figure out what they want to do roster-wise when they can drop the universal DH on them, you know, a week before the season starts? Yeah, it's true. I mean, I still think it probably won't happen that way, but you're right. I mean, I, I think more than anything, they hope they have enough depth. Um, but like we talked about earlier, I feel like the – you know, the, the really good teams already have super teams like the Padres and Dodgers and those teams in that league already have enough guys, and they're the ones that are trying anyway. And then the teams that aren't really trying don't have those guys, and they weren't going to add them anyway. So, um, But it could obviously change it with a, kind of a late rush to the market if that does happen. And some guys that are kind of more obviously offensive first could get signed. And two, with, with the season coming up, the season last year with the COVID – and besides a couple blips, you know, um, the Cardinals, the the Marlins, where uh, they had huge postponements and had to make it up. Coming into the season, they want to do 162. Do you feel comfortable saying or how do you feel about them getting it done, getting 162 games done because they've had that experience last year and they can kind of um, go back to that when something uh, might pop up? I mean, I hope so. I mean, it's going to be interesting, though. It's hard to predict. We've seen the NBA and NHL, especially the NBA, got hit pretty hard by COVID postponements. And uh, baseball is a pretty tight schedule. So there's, you know, sometimes Mondays and Thursdays and there's off days you can fit games in. But teams, you know, are playing all over the country. So they could do the rule with, the, you know, the double headers and make those shorter again to make that easier. But it does seem pretty inevitable that there probably will be outbreaks, right? There's going to, it's probably going to happen in camp. It's probably going to happen during the season. Um, so yeah, just kind of cross your fingers and hope for the best, but it's it's really impossible to predict how it's going to go for sure. 
So I want to thank you, Rev, for jumping on again um, to the All Angels podcast. Um, obviously, if you guys haven't yet, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Red Bollinger. Um, set your set your alarms. Set, set everything going on because now that we are headed into spring training in a couple weeks, um, obviously there's going to be updates daily um, about how your favorite players are doing here and there, and obviously. Um, his stories that he writes for MLB.com. So again, Rhett, um, I want to thank you for taking time out and, and catching up with uh, with me and all the offseason moves. And hopefully uh, we will talk to you again at the end of spring training when we are about to start the season. Awesome. Always have fun on this. The football playoffs are in full effect and the NBA is back. You might not be able to get to a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on everything imaginable this season, from spreads and totals to team player and coaches props. BetOnline gives you the most options to wager than any other place online. Just head over to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that is promo code ARMCHAIR. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. And I want to thank Red again for uh, joining me and catching up with uh, Halo Haven and All Angels podcast about what's going on this offseason for the Angels. Obviously, there's still some little bit of time left for the Angels to make a move this offseason. Uh, I truly believe that once Bauer signs, which could be by the time you listen to this, if uh, the reports tonight are true, um, as soon as that happens, I feel like a lot of guys like like Oda Rizzi and uh, those other starting pitchers in the market are probably going to come off the board pretty quickly once Bauer kind of sets the price of, of where everyone's going to be at. So that's something to look forward to. And then maybe the Angels add another, like Rhett said, maybe another bullpen arm to kind of solidify that. Um, so there's still more more action, I think, to be made by the Angels. Um, and if this is the team they get, they have going into spring training, going into next year, then I think obviously it's going to be a little tougher battle than I think fans were hoping for uh, when they saw the free agent market and some of the trade guys available. But like we've mentioned, the AL West is kind of falling back a little bit. So hopefully the Angels are able to take advantage of that by closing games. And that was obviously the biggest thing that hurt them last year's closing games and um iglesias is there for that reason uh you heard red being high on him and thinking he can really come in and shut it down uh for those games that the angels are up in late so if that's the case and that happens then i think the angels are going to be competitive um the whole year because you know offensively they're they're going to be there um you look at some of the stats uh, i forgot who posted it on Twitter, but they kind of looked at the ERA and the certain stats for the top three pitchers for the Angels, like Bundy, Bundy, Canning, and um, and and Haney, and those those were pretty much league average between those three guys. The 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 part that really hurt the Angels last year, besides the back end of the bullpen, was the back end of the rotation. So if if moves like um, an Alex Cobb. Uh, uh, Quintana can help that part. I think, again, that helps the Angels kind of get closer to that competitive um, 
aspect that a lot of the fans want to see. And again, with the extended playoffs maybe coming in, something to look out for, that they can be right in that mix again and, and possibly make a move at the trade deadline. So just because they don't make a certain trade now doesn't mean they can't make one later on if they're in contention um, later this year. So again, follow him at Red Bollinger on Twitter. Um, always a cool guy to come and talk with. Again, we're going to try to do the same thing we did last year as far as um, preview the AL West once we get into this kind of the spring training uh, flow of things. So that's probably going to start happening at the end of this month. So keep a lookout for that. And hopefully he will come on um, at the end, right before the season starts and we can get a good idea of um, battles won and who's going to be the the eighth inning guy, who's going to be the you know everyday first baseman. Is it going to be Walsh? Is it going to be Pujols? Who's going to be that fourth outfielder? Hopefully by then we will know all that stuff. So really looking forward to that. Again, that's probably going to start, that preview series is going to start at the end of this month. Uh, try to do the same thing we did last year. We will um, have a, uh, a person on to talk about the team like on a Monday, uh, and then we'll come back. Uh, probably later that week and kind of give our thoughts about it. So before we go, um, one quick um, update. Um, If you guys have obviously have been listening to this podcast for since the beginning, since I've got on um, this April would, will be the start of my third season. I believe third or fourth season on the All Angels podcast. But if you've been listening since then, first of all, thank you very much. You are uh, a diehard loyalist, and we really, really appreciate you. And even if you haven't, but you've been listening to us last season and even uh, into the off season this year, you have probably um, noticed that um, half of this is, is half of this uh, podcast, half of the team is is gone. Um, hasn't been around um we i kind of talked about it a little bit uh, i think it was a month ago maybe a little less than that and some people have who follow us on our instagram have asked about johnny and and how he's doing uh because of a post we've put out um talking about his situation so you know i'm not here to give you day-to-day kind of information um but you know his battle right now is is exactly that it's a battle um in like in a lot of ways there's ups and there's downs whether it's life whether it's you know baseball seasons whether or whatever um johnny had a couple ups he had quite a bit of quite a bit of ups and it was looking good for a minute and then like i said there's downs and he's in one of those right now um so I am really thinking about him, not only myself, but obviously everyone in Halo Haven are thinking about him and his family right now. And, and kind of like what I said before, um, if you pray, pray. If you're just a person that believes in sending out good vibes, send out good vibes. Um, Johnny needs it right now. Um, maybe more than ever. Um, I wouldn't be here without him doing this um, hobby and enjoying it as much as I do. I wouldn't have the opportunity to talk to people like Red. I wouldn't have the opportunity to talk to people like 
Victor Rojas or Brandon Marsh or um, go down to Inland Empire 66ers and, and talk to a Justin Upton, an Anderson Simmons, a Keenan Middleton on their rehab uh, starts. Um, and that's all because of Johnny bringing me on because he started this way back when. So for everyone that's been asking, thank you. Um, we appreciate it. Um, it's hard to get back to everyone, but we, we see it. We appreciate it. And like I said, if you are um, someone that prays, pray a little harder. If you're someone that just gives out, wants to give out good vibes, do that a little little more. Um, because I, 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 I need my partner here. You know, it's, it's cool to do this. It's better when it's both of us. It's funner when it's both of us. And I need them back. And um, I'm really hoping that that's soon. I really am. But um, until he's here, until he's back, um, myself and Chris, we are going to continue to put um, stuff out for you guys, the fans that have been loyal to us to the end. Um, you know, I'm, I don't care if we have, you know, 3,000, 4,000 you know, downloads per episode, or if we only have, you know, 200 downloads per episode, you people that are out there that have been there from the beginning, um, is who we're doing this for and, um, who I continue will do this for until my buddy gets back and I'm just keeping the seat warm for him. So, um, we're thinking about you, Johnny, we are, all pulling for you and hopefully we will be able to hear you on the mic very soon with the season right around the corner so again for everyone that has reached out to us on our instagram on our twitter um all our social medias thank you we we've seen them it's hard for us to reach out but um we just want to say thank you and um we appreciate it so that's going to wrap it up. Sorry, sorry to be a little bit of a downer at the end, but I just, you know, there's a lot of people asking for it and I felt like this was a, a good time to, to talk about it. So, um, so that's going to be it for this episode. Again, we'll be back next week. Um, hopefully the whole Bauer situation is over and we can kind of move forward from that. And maybe the angels make a move because that's over, but, um, we'll be back next week and, and, um, definitely check us out on all our social media, halo underscore Haven, Twitter, halo underscore Haven. And then obviously send questions at the all angels podcast at gmail.com. We are getting ready to start this season and we are really hoping that you guys come along for the ride. So, uh, for Daniel Garcia, uh, this has been a, another edition of the all angel podcast. <laughs>